Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant. And there's Jerry over there. You put the three of us together, and you've got Stuff You Should Know just in case you ever get lost in a desert. This is what <laughs> we're going to give as our gift to you edition. You know what's funny is I was reading a podcast newsletter today, like an industry newsletter. Sure. And um, you're not going to buzz market it. No. All right. Uh, and I mean, there's only one. No, there's probably more than one. There's several. Are there? I think so. All right. I should get on the. I've others seen too. at least two. <laughs> two can be several, right? Sure. Isn't that the bib- biblical unit? Oh, several is know. two. I thought the biblical unit was a cubit. Right. <laughs> I'm glad we can laugh in this one. Sure. <laughs> um, and it said there was an article specifically about podcaster burnout, and they interviewed someone that was like, you know, she started podcasting in 2017 and blah, 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 and experienced <laughs> burnout. <laughs> and I kind of laughed. I was like, I mean, yeah. I get it. Like, people burn out in different ways, and they may have a tougher workload than us, but I just sort of snickered that after 11 or going on 11 years. Yeah. Very soon. Yeah, this April, buddy. It'll be 11 years. Yeah. Like— we we have moments of not burnout, like we get a, a little warm. Kind of like, oh, this again. <laughs> but that quickly passes. Very quickly. You know, I'm never like, uh, I'm never burned out. I would say that. Um, to where I don't want to do this or anything. No, I know. I would say there's probably been like I, literally five times. I'm sorry to use the word literally, but I literally mean <laughs> literally in this sense. Yes, because you've built a statue of paper mache after each time. Right. Representing each burnout. Right. Right, and they're they're on my desk, and so you, and you can count them. There's five, yeah. but it, it it comes in like just digging into a topic at a time when there's like a bunch of other stuff going on or whatever. It's just been a really long stretch where maybe we're recording more than usual, mm-hmm. and then when we get in here to record, it's gone. Agreed. That's and, when it doesn't happen. I don't think I've ever been. And let me knock on wood. I don't think I've ever been in a recording session with you and been like not wanted to do it. Agreed, my yeah. friend. And weirdly, I, I'm more burnt out with movie crutch at times. Like it sounds, trust me, I'm not seriously complaining, but ask Emily how many times I've been like, oh, I got to watch this movie tonight and take notes on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it takes long. Like I have to sure, pause no, to that... take the notes because I don't want to miss anything. Right. So it takes like three and a half hours to watch a movie and take notes. And Plus I would guess you're you're fundamentally not able to enjoy the movie. It's not like mm, enjoying a movie, right? You're Not you're, quite, you're but analyzing it, it a movie. dents it a little bit. Sure. And it's at night. So I'm right kind of, I guess. Yeah, you're right kind of. All right, good. Uh, but it, and it's at night, so it's like I'm technically not at work. And sometimes it's just like I don't want to watch uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't point, point don't, break. Who's who's was Point Break? <laughs> Jordan Morris of uh, Bubble and Jordan Jesse Go. Oh, okay. Yeah, Point Break is a good one. Not it was the remake, great. right? No, no, no. Okay, it was it was really kind of fun watching that. Actually, I don't know why I pulled that one up. Okay, because it was the most recent one I watched. I got you. So it, it was in your work. But to take notes on Point Break, it, it can be a little tedious, right? Bra. <laughs> <laughs> There's that one great part where. They do the midnight surf, and mm-hmm. Keanu has just learned, you know? Mm-hmm. And you just hear this, because it's obviously ADR, like, recorded afterward. <laughs> right. And you just hear him yell, I'm effing surfing, man! Nice. That's just such a great line. Does he say effing or the F word? Well, he says the F word. That would have been better if he would have said, I'm effing yeah. surfing. <laughs> Maybe on TNT that's how it sounds. Oh, boy. Um, 
Oh, there's one. Oh, have you seen that? Sorry, I know we haven't even started yet. No, so let me that's just great. pile on here. Let's get it out of the way. Uh, have you seen that video of Keanu on the New York, I believe, subway giving a seat up to a lady who's standing? No, but he is a legendary good guy. Yes, who's been through some horrible stuff. Yeah. Um, and I just want to be his friend. Keanu Reeves, if you're listening. Yeah, be my friend. Let's, let's be friends, friend. okay? Well, he's your friend first because you asked. Well, we can share him. Okay. All right. So, I get him on Tuesdays and Thursdays. That's fine. So we can listen to stuff you should anyway. know together. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. That's a fair. You deal. can have him. Uh, we'll, we'll alternate weekends. Okay. Because you know, Keanu on the weekends. That's well, that's a party. You think he's a good guy Monday through Thursday? <laughs> <laughs> See how many seats he gives up on a Saturday. All right. Okay, let's, wait. Hold on. One more thing. <laughs> Can you imagine Keanu Reeves listening to this conversation at first kind of chuckling to himself and it's getting like weirder and weirder? Right, right. He finally presses stop and maybe he never listens again. We just blew our chance, Chuck. All right, one more thing, okay. and then I swear I'm done. Uh, I meant to tell you that I did some L.A. sessions recently for Movie Crush and uh, the great show High Maintenance on HBO. Mm-hmm. It's one of my all-time favorites. Mm-hmm. The dude on there, Ben Sinclair, yeah. as the guy, the weed delivery guy, uh-huh. uh, is just like, I, one of the main reasons I went there in person was just so I could meet him. Mm-hmm. I meet him, and the first thing he said was, is, hey, man, I used to listen to you and Josh when I uh, was a shusher at this lesbian poetry bar. <laughs> and I was like, what? I was like, first of all, it's a shusher. He's like, it's a poetry bar, you know? I sat there and shush people. And he's like, but I used to listen to you guys. I always wonder what you look like. Did Josh quit smoking? And I was like, why don't you people ever reach out? Right. I was like, do you know what that would have meant to me? Yeah. Which he was just a shusher at the time, just so maybe shusher. I wouldn't have known. Now but Now he's made it. Yeah, so anyway, I told him that you quit smoking. You're doing great. Yeah. I don't think he's listened for a bit, but— uh, Do you think he's listening now? I, I, I don't know if he got back on the train or not, but— If he did, do you think he's friends with Keanu Reeves? <laughs> oh, maybe. <Right. laughs> but Ben Clair gives up his seat for no person. Gotcha. That's his. And if you if you say, like, maybe you should stand up, he goes, shh. <laughs> no, he would give up his seat for sure. Okay. Anyway, let's so, talk about desert survival. Imagine Chuck Ben Sinclair is making his way through the desert mm-hmm. in his car, a Prius, we'll say. Mm-hmm. And he runs out of not just gas, but electricity as well. Which he might. He has a big RV, actually, that's worked into the show. Okay. He's in his RV. So he just straight up runs out of gas. Sure. Which probably happens a couple of times a day in a big old RV. I would imagine. Okay. Um, Ben's in trouble. Because Ben was not expecting to have this extended stop, an unexpected stop in the desert. So he did not bring a few things. Okay. If Ben were paying a little less attention to whether people were talking and needed to be shushed or not, and more attention to his desert survival, (laughs) what would he have packed in that RV, Chuck? Well, Ben Sinclair would have had probably a pound of weed. Okay. So he's got a good start there because he could burn that for a signal fire Mm -hmm. or for comfort and warmth. Yeah. well, I mean, I wrote this dumb article. This is a great article. Did you notice my stupid thing I did with the music titles? Sure, the Oasis thing. and All of them are song titles. All the sidebars are song titles. And that was back when I was like, oh, man, I am the most clever person alive. So I got the Wonderwall one. Um, Rescue Me. Okay, I got that one. Rescue Me. But I was thinking more of the TV show than the song. There's also – so everybody, if you go on to HowStuffWorks.com <laughs> right now and look up how desert survival works, each page, almost every page, has a, a, um, 
a sidebar, and the title of the sidebars are song yeah. titles. Rescue well, me after all, you're my wonder wall. What's what could it be? It's a mirage. What, what song could is it that? be? It's a mirage. What is that? I'm telling y'all, it's sabotage. Uh, okay, that's a good one. And then finally, a little shout out to uh, Annie, Food Glorious Food. Okay, so you, that was that was what used to make me happy at work. Yeah, I, I remember those days. Yeah, you too. When you do like a clever mm-hmm. uh, photo caption. Right. And that would be that would get you through the week. We would stand up and like <laughs> share it over the cubicle wall. Yeah, look at this photo caption. Yeah. yeah. No, this is gonna blow everybody's mind. All right. So uh you're in the desert. You want to have uh well let's just let's just talk about this stuff. Okay, yeah. What what should be in your kit? Water? Yeah. A, a mirror? Uh that's a big one. Way to start a fire. Yeah, that's a big one too. Basically just food, a lighter. Food, water. If you're going to cross the desert, have a lighter, which seems counterintuitive because it's hot in the desert, but no, trust us. We'll, you'll see you want a lighter on you. A mirror, which you'll see too. Yeah, that's what we'll do. We'll stay what's supposed to be in the pack <laughs> and in the RV and then we'll go back and we'll Okay. I'm suddenly burned out. <laughs> <laughs> Should we take a break? Yeah. All right, let's take a break and let's start the podcast in earnest. everybody welcome to stuff you should know i'm josh there's chuck there's jerry over there and we're talking desert survival so let's get to it yeah and so, th- this is all due to the fact that we just recorded a very tough episode so we're clearly just goofing off now um so we're talking about deserts and we did a desert episode yeah and a desertification, desertification. Ep- episode too and i think one on the dust bowl but something that all deserts have in common is not sand is not even heat it's a lack of water. Yes. Technically, Antarctica is the largest desert on the world in yeah. the world. Um, and there's lots of water, but it's all locked up in, as ice. There's no available water in exactly the same way as there's basically no available water in Death Valley in California. Right. Um, deserts have the next thing that they have most frequently in common is, again, not sand, but exposed bedrock. Mm-hmm. All of those cool formations or whatever, yeah. that's actually the bottom of the earth you're seeing, exposed. All the soil has been dried out for so long because the of lack of available. down. Basically, yeah. it's been pantsed. Yes. Um, we got some good pants stories, by the way, coming yeah. soon. Yeah. Um, the, the soil is so dry that it can't be held in place, so wind is blown it away, and so what you're seeing is the exposed bedrock. Sand only makes up something like 20% of the world's deserts. Yeah, I mean, you got pebbles. Mm-hmm. You have desert soil sometimes. Right. That bedrock you were talking about, we're going to talk about oases. Yep. So uh, I think Antarctica survival or Antarctic survival or even Arctic survival deserves its own episode sure. someday. So we're just going to be talking about hot deserts. And all of that sand and exposed bedrock and pebbles bakes in the sun. And shoots that heat back out, and it's just super hot. <laughs> okay? Yeah, so water is the biggest, obviously, the biggest, biggest problem if you get trapped in the desert mm-hmm. uh, on foot or in a car. Uh, and you think about, like, oh, I never go desert hiking. I don't need to worry about this. But have you ever been like, oh, I'm going to take the long route yeah. through uh, from uh, Texas to California? Right. Because it's more scenic. 
uh, and then your car breaks down, and you're in big trouble if you don't know what you're doing. Um, that happened to a woman. I can't find her name right now, but she is a she's a grandmother. I believe she's seventy two, uh-huh. who was driving in her Prius. And it ran out of gas and electricity mm. uh, on the way, I believe, to Phoenix. And um, she had an unexpected trip with her dog for nine days oh, I think in I remember the desert that. and survived. Actually. Amazing. Yeah. Did she eat her dog? No. Okay. <laughs> Luckily, she did not have to eat her dog. Did she survive on the saliva of her dog? Yeah. They Well, they spit in one another's mouth. <laughs> so it was kind of— it, But they did that anyway. It was a wash. So uh, dehydration is obviously the first kind of— um, physical symptom you might experience if you run out of water. Uh, decreased frequency of urine, of course. If your urine is very smelly mm-hmm. or very deep yellow, mm-hmm. uh, your mouth is going to be dry. You're, you know, as things increase uh, dehydration-wise, you're going to get sunken eyes. Your heartbeat's going to increase. And mm-hmm. if you get to the stage where you literally have no urine or if you're vomiting and have diarrhea, then you're pretty bad shape. Yeah. So vomiting and diarrhea is like the last thing you want to do while you're dehydrated because all it is is just yeah. getting rid of any remaining hydration you have. Yeah, it's not good. That's that's a bad reaction to dehydration. Um, and we'll talk about heat casualty coming up. Yeah. But um, I'm kind of psyched about that bit. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. But when we talk about water and rationing water, there's an old saying, ration sweat, not water, meaning... Um, don't like drink all your water at once, but r- ration your sweat. Like they say not to, you know, if you are lost like this, like don't go hiking to find uh, civilization during the peak of day. Yeah. You want to ration how much output and how much you're sweating. Mm-hmm. Um, but you you do have to take in that water. Yeah. So w- when you're in the desert, you, you recommend, or I should say the experts recommend, because uh-huh. this is obviously a very well-researched article. Um <laughs> That the that somebody drink a gallon of water a day. Well, I mean that's what they say. If you've got like a, you know, unlimited amounts of water, right? A gallon a day. You need to ration it somewhat if you have very limited water, obviously. Sure. But what you don't want to do, which happens a lot of times, is to be found dead with water in your canteen. Yeah, which is God, it's haunting. Sure. And um and like you said, I mean you want to you want to ration your sweat. Not your water, but you do kind of want to ration your water. Like you know, you don't want to be a little water piggy right out of the gate. But you also, <laughs> you recommend um, via the experts that you that you don't just wait until you're thirsty, right? Because you'll only get about two thirds of the amount of water you actually need just by going by thirst. You want to actually yeah. stop and like drink more water than you think you need. Yeah, and if you're hiking around, again, we, we talked about morning and evenings are the best time to go look for help. Um, if you see a trail, go down that trail mm-hmm. uh, because you have a better chance of finding someone there. Um, follow the birds. Birds generally, and animals go toward water. Yeah, apparently if they're circling in the morning or the evening, they're probably circling around water. Try and get some groundwater going. But very wisely, you point out through the experts (laughs) (laughs) that if there's like a a little, you know, small mountain in between you and those birds and a longer way around the mountain that's flat, take the longer way that's flat. Because even though you might cut off a couple of hours between you and the birds, Uh 
you're going to really exert yourself going up that mountain. Yes. Whereas instead you want to you want to take the longer but slower, less exerting path to yes. get to that water where the birds are circling. For sure. If you're with someone, um, don't talk. I mean, you know, you can talk some, but don't just chat about your day. Yeah. Try to conserve your words. <laughs> exactly. Try and breathe through your nose. What do you think about Grace Jones? <laughs> Uh, if you happen to see any wet sand or standing water anywhere, then you're in luck um, because you can dig down in there and you will probably find more water uh, under, you know, this groundwater underneath it. Yeah, which is – that's a bonanza. Oh, sure. If you find like a, a groundwater in the desert, you're probably going to be okay. Yeah. If you don't find any water and you run out of water, you're probably not going to be okay. No, you also want a fire, which you said isn't very intuitive, but uh, if you've ever spent any time in the desert, the temperature swings are huge. You can get cold in the desert at night. Yeah. And then fire allows you to purify water. There's that whole safety feeling. Mm-hmm. It keeps uh, uh, mountain lions away. <laughs> right. <laughs> sure. I would guess just about any critters don't go near fire because they associate it with wildfires in the desert. Brush yeah. fires. Uh, rescue signal. You can you can do that old trick. I think we even did a show on smoke signals early on. No, I don't think so. No, no, and oh, I've I wanted think we to. Did. I keep forgetting to write. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. It was oh. like an early, early, early I'll episode. Have to go listen to it. Yeah, because I've wanted to do that one. It's probably not very good. Um, but your whole point of all this is to find people and to get rescued. Yeah, you make a great point about that. Yeah, like that, like the the point of being lost in the desert is to make yourself visible. Yeah, the point of not being lost rather. Sure. Or being lost and finding rescue. The key to being found. How about that? Right. So, if you are in a car, if your car is not working anymore, it's out of gas or whatever, flat right. tire. Yeah. Um blow it up. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, <laughs> stick a Hanky in the gas tank and just blow it up. So you want to stick the hanky in the gas tank. You want to fashion a bow and arrow, light the arrow, stand back, and shoot the car's gas tank. That's what you want to do. No, you want to open your hood and tie a rag to it or a bandana around your antenna or something. Anything like a typical sign of distress. Right. Um, Anything to make it like something's up here. Sure. Yeah, Yeah, like even if the hood is fine, like you raise a hood as an indicator. Yeah, like if there's no engine trouble. Right. You can still raise the hood. It's all right. (laughs) Nobody's going to like arrest you when they rescue you. Uh, If you can spell out um, SOS or something like that with help clothing or help on the ground for if a helicopter or a plane is nearby. Yeah, that's uh, that that, uh, woman in Arizona was rescued by writing help. I think that's actually how they found her. She wrote help in sticks. Oh, really? Yep. Nice. Her dog told her to do it. That stuff works. Yeah. Uh, If you are in your car, you've got a a leg up because you have your rear view mirror or your side view mirror. Yeah. That just, just go ahead and break that thing off and use it. Yeah. I think we said in the first few minutes that we're trying to forget about now that you want to have a mirror in your survival pack no matter where, wherever you're going hiking. Yeah, but a lot of people don't have survival packs in their car, like no. most people, I think. I mean, I don't know that I think about it. I've got like jumper cables and some rain Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> you know, after that last stupid Atlanta ice storm a few years ago that stranded people. The snowpocalypse? Yeah. yeah. I – um. I think I had something in my car after that, but I have a different car now. It wasn't much, but it was like some water and a blanket and some uh-huh. like granola bars. Yeah. 
I need to like stock up mine and Emily's car with that stuff. Yeah, for you, sure. You never know. I think there. Just remember uh, when we had some tornadoes in Atlanta a few years ago? Mm-hmm. You mean I were like, we really need like a, a crank radio and like all this stuff. We started yeah. to put it together. And then I'm you're like, sure oh, I wonder what's on TV. <laughs> <laughs> Before you're no, you're watching the Japanese game shows. <laughs> You'd forgotten like eight hours go by. Kind of. <laughs> Uh, but a signal mirror is important, you know. You just uh, flash that thing. It says here to – I was about to make fun of it, but I realized I wrote it. <laughs> but practice on a nearby rock. I so thought that could, was – that's sure. good advice. Yeah, why not? I mean, you don't want your first attempt at signaling somebody with a mirror to be while you're trying to signal somebody in a passing aircraft. Probably so. And I mean, like, if there's no cloud cover, you can get somebody at, like, sure. 30,000 feet if you do it right. Yeah. So, heck, yeah, practice on a rock. What else are you going to do while you're sitting around in the shade? Nothing. Yeah, there might be a Delta pilot up there that's like, ah, oh, God, what is that? That's so annoying. <laughs> uh, you should have a whistle in your survival kit so you can blow it if you see someone from far away. And um, they recommend that if you honk your horn for help to be like, honk, 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 and then wait <laughs> And honk, 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 because if you just lay on it like you're – if you're in traffic, uh-huh. someone might hear that and just think this car has its horn stuck. Yeah, they'll just be like, that's so annoying. I'm going to continue on past this weird um, path in Death Valley that no one should be down. <laughs> so, so let's somebody's say – Somebody's horn is stuck. <laughs> let's say you are in your car. Your car is, is jacked up. Um, <clears throat> and you're like, all right, I've exhausted my resources here. Screw this. i got to go take a hike. Uh, leave a note on your car and say, like, hey, I'm broken down and I've gone northwest on uh, at 2 p.m. on Tuesday. Also, I'm Chuck Bryant, who oh, sure. hopefully you're looking for. You yeah. found him. At Check least out my podcast, Stuff You Should Know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and Movie Crush. Yeah, never miss an advertising opportunity. But if you do stay with your car, yeah. like, just don't sit around in your car. Like, sit in the shade. No. They even say to sit on a blanket. Yeah, the the reason being is because there can be something like a 30-degree Fahrenheit temperature difference between the ground and the air above the ground. That's nuts. That's that's how barren and hot the ground gets. Yeah. And it's it's not like the air above the ground is cool. It's still hot because the ground is heating it, but the ground itself is taking in all of that unbroken, unfiltered sunlight directly yeah. into it, holding as much as it can and then shooting it back out as, as basically infrared heat. Um, back into space through you. <laughs> and if your butt is touching the ground <laughs> through conduction, it's going to transfer directly to you, whereas through the air, it would be going through convection from the air to your butt, right? which is not nearly as efficient as conduction. No. So don't sit directly on the ground. Even sitting on a rock is better than sitting on the ground. Yeah. But ideally, you want to find the shade that your car is producing, sure. whether it's the hood that's up or, or just the car itself or whatever, and sit in that shade as best you can. Get your feet off the ground, like you said, I think, too. Yeah, and take off your shoes and socks, if, especially if you're hiking around <clears throat> um, with, during your breaks. Yeah. Uh, they also say to not take off your clothes. Your instinct might be to take your clothes off, but um, the, those clothes, you want them soaking up sweat because that'll cool you down. Right. Um, and also, you know, you don't want to be – you don't want to take your shirt off and also have – like third degree sunburn after day right. one either. I thought about that too. It's like that's I mean that that clothes like make a bad is, situation worse. Right. It's doing something to protect you from the UV, you know? I think it te- the average t shirt has like a SPF of four or something like that. That's better than nothing. 
Better than nothing. Um, also, Chuck, if you are, <laughs> and I guess if like you're actually using this information we're giving you right now, <laughs> first of all, good luck. We're pulling for you. Uh-huh. Secondly, um, if you are going to take off your shoes, don't do it in the sun because just that exposure of your bare feet to the sunlight for that short of a time can make your feet swell and you might not be able to get your shoes back on, mm-hmm. in w- which if you do end up having to hoof it out of there, you want your shoes. Yeah, you don't want your feet all swole up. No. So uh, take take your shoes off and let your dogs air out in the shade only. Uh, make a little hat if you don't have one out of whatever. You got something in your car? Or something, whatever. Like, if you have a piece of cardboard, <laughs> yeah. put it on your head. This is the greatest sentence in the Oh, thing. God, I know. Jesus. So no, I loved it. Are you really, you didn't <laughs> like this this article, huh? I don't know. It's just sort of a reminder of darker days at this job. <laughs> so, may I read this? Sure. If you don't have a hat to wear, fashion a head covering <laughs> with what you have on hand. You may look silly wearing a cardboard hat, but your goal is to survive, not win a beauty contest. <laughs> Oh, and Lord. drink a liter of water per hour to stay properly hydrated. I know. Hydrated. We cut out that part earlier because that didn't sound right. I mean, maybe that's if you have all the water in the world. Uh, yeah. But that just sounds like— That's you, a lot of water. Yeah, you burn through your water. Sure. But, uh, if your car is stuck—and this actually happened to me once. Right. I got a car stuck in the desert one time in the middle of the night with my friend when oh, I lived really? in Yuma. Yeah. Wow. I got it out. That's scary. Uh, without deflating my tires. But they say if you're stuck in the sand to deflate your tires just a little bit, um, don't, like, start goosing it because you're going to dig yourself in more. Just apply, like, steady accelerator pressure mm-hmm. and and turn your wheels kind of back and forth a little bit. Yeah. Let out a little bit of air and you might be able to get out of there. Yeah. Again, don't let a lot of air out because if you do get out, you still need to drive back home. Sure. And you don't want to do that on overly deflated tires. No. Okay. Um, so if you're going to, should we, should we take a break now, you think? Oh, why not? Okay. We're going to take a break, everybody. There's, there's a lot more to come. You're not toast yet because we have more stuff to tell you how to survive in the desert right after this. I really do love that sentence. That was a great <laughs> sentence. There's one more in here I can't wait to call out to. Oh, I'm sure I know what it is. Uh, should we talk about oases? Sure. I mean, it depends on where you are, but, you know, the an oasis is just when wind has blown away enough sand mm-hmm. that you get down to that groundwater. That's yeah. all an oasis is. Yeah, you know, like an aquifer? Yeah. Imagine if there's nothing above the aquifer, now you got a lake. Boom. That's an oasis. Yeah, but they can they 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 can be big enough and exposed enough that you can have this like lush oasis in the middle of the desert. There's really no better word <laughs> for it. Yeah, and the, you know, um if you're in the Sahara Desert, like the communities form around these mm-hmm. oases. Uh there's one very large one called the uh Karga Oasis mm-hmm. uh, that is 100 miles long and depending on where you are, 12 to 50 miles wide. Yeah. That's so. plenty big to hold small towns. <laughs> plenty big. 
It is. It is. I'm just laughing at this article. I can't believe I wrote this thing. I, I really I value this article. This I was, think it was great, well-written, well-researched, approachable. I was, this is when I was assigned, you know, your survival guy. You were for And I wrote a lot of these, <laughs> you know. We've covered a few of them on the show, but oh, I, I there's still those days plenty were, left. <laughs> I thought those days were over. Nope. Uh, if you are hiking, the first thing they say is to walk slowly. You may uh, your instinct may be to get out of there fast and this find help fast. Very good advice, but that's no good. No, not only do you want to walk, remind yourself to slow down because that's what it takes. You're not going to just walk slowly automatically. You're going to be freaked out. Yeah. So you have to stay calm and say, I've got to walk slow and just take breaks every about 10 minutes out of every hour, I think. Yeah. Um, But if you're with a group, you want to walk, um, you want to set your pace by the slowest and least fit person in the group. Yeah. Just everybody walk that slow. That person will help pace everybody else. Um, And it will keep that person from just dying trying to keep up. Like literally yeah. dying, trying to keep up. I mean, everyone else has to be like, geez, <laughs> Big Larry in the back is really holding <laughs> right. us back. Yeah. But Big Larry is probably walking at the right speed. Right. Which is slow. At, yeah, at least for you. He's walking slow enough for you to slow you down. That's right. <laughs> That's not a t-shirt, but it's still true. Should we get to your favorite part of this, which is heat casualty? Uh, yes. I know you got some science on this, right? Yes. Well, the three major... Categories are heat cramps, heat exhaustion, and then heat stroke mm-hmm. in that order. Yeah. And heat cramps are, you know, you can get those on a hot afternoon if you're out playing Frisbee. You can. And, and all of it comes down to it's just basically an escalating um, imbalance between water and heat, salt loss. So, you, so like the electrical conduction in your muscles and, and all that from yeah. your heart to your legs is out of whack because you have lost a lot of water. And you still have a higher salt concentration, or else you've lost a lot of salt, yeah. and there's still enough water that you're you're just not your muscles aren't aren't working quite right, so they can cramp, right? Yeah. If that happens, you say drink like a, a Powerade if you got it. What are you sitting there holding on to it for in the first place for? Yeah, if you're if lost in the desert with a Powerade, <laughs> you're a dummy. Fire it down. <laughs> it's like I don't like blue. <laughs> I only I like don't. purple. That's true. Um, so that's step one. If you have a power aid, if not, if you have some water, drink the water. The the cramps are going to go away. You can overcome sure. um, heat cramps pretty easily. It sounds like, but you want to stop, rest, get in some shade, stop moving, and attend to the heat cramps for sure. Yeah, that may lead to heat exhaustion mm-hmm. if you don't have water. And this, like you said, is just a an escalation of that imbalance. Yeah, um, you may be irritable or feel weak or have a headache. Or if you're vomiting and have nausea or clammy skin, Man. then that's like heat exhaustion is seriously setting in. It is. Um, and so, again, like salt and electrolytes are really important to the electrical conduction in your body. And your body moves through electrical conduction. It's a big big component. So if that's off, your body's off. Yeah. But then if you're really in trouble, you you enter into heat stroke. And this is the point where your body's system at getting rid of heat has been overwhelmed by the heat it's taking on. Yeah. And you're in big trouble when that happens, basically. On a cellular level, your body is failing systemically. Yeah. Because proteins aren't folding correctly, and proteins do just about everything there is to do in a cell. They're starting to clump up and get weird, and then cells are suddenly dying. Yeah. Um, One of your body's main uh, tricks at getting rid of heat is through convection, Mm -hmm. sending your hot blood 
to the surface of your skin, which is why if you go into a sauna, your, your skin gets flushed. But also, if you'll notice, your heart is pumping, is beating really hard, even though you're just sitting there. You're in the heat. And the reason why is your heart is working overtime, shooting blood out to your skin to um, get rid of heat so that your body can cool down. It's using your blood as a heat transfer mechanism. Amazing. And your heart actually speeds up. You're actually pumping out up to eight liters a minute of blood, more than your heart usually pumps out wow. when you're starting to enter heat stroke. So it's a big deal. Yeah, I would imagine that would put you in danger of uh, cardiac arrest. Yes, I think that's one of the, the results of that whole thing. Of severe heat stroke? Yep. So bad headaches, very dizzy, nausea, vomiting, your muscles might be spasming, that mm -hmm. heart rate like you were talking about is way high, mm -hmm. and you may be full-on hallucinating at this point, or you may fall unconscious. Like heat stroke is no joke. Um, so you got to find shade fast, which is, I mean, that's the biggest part of, or biggest challenge in desert survival is finding shade. Yeah. You know, there's just nowhere. Yeah. But so the, the, a big rock can be your shade. Exactly. Like whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Just find shade. Because the difference between shade and sunlight in the desert is substantial. Yeah. And they, like, if you have any water, like now is the time. Yeah. This is when you're found dead with your canteen full of, half full of water. Yeah. Because you're like, no, like I still am a day away from finding help. Right. You have no idea how far you are. Where you are yeah, like this is go time yeah. to save your life. Plus also if you have any cool compresses, put them in your armpits, put them in your groin. Yeah. Um, do whatever you can to cool, cool yourself down. Uh, if you have any cold compresses left over from the party around the campfire <laughs> the night before, apparently. Yeah. yeah, you're like, if I could only cool down. Oh, wait a minute. I have a frozen compress <laughs> right. that I can put in my crotch. <laughs> Um, <laughs> there are all kinds of animals in the desert that can be dangerous, um, whether it's uh, spiders. Um, tarantulas are scary looking, but they're probably not going to kill you. Yeah. They don't really care about you. They don't want to bite you. And even if they do bite you, it's like, ah, oh, you stupid tarantula. Yeah. I mean, none of these things want to find you. Like, you will find these brown recluses and black widows mm -hmm. under rocks or under brush or something like that. Yeah. So don't go reaching in there. Don't go reaching in some hole. Like uh, Timothy Dalton and Flash Gordon, <laughs> you know. What hole did he reach into? You saw Flash Gordon, right? No. The, the old one? No. Oh, you should you'd oh. probably enjoy that. I didn't realize that was Timothy Dalton in there. I thought it was a blonde guy. Well, he played uh, Flash Gordon, but Timothy Dalton played uh, the bad guy. Oh, One gotcha. of the bad guys. I gotcha. But there was a challenge where they had to stick their hand in this big hole, and there was a stinging creature inside uh -huh. this blob. It sounds like that Joe Rogan show. <laughs> what was that called? You mean the Joe Rogan podcast? No, no. <laughs> the t Fear Factor. Yeah, I remember Fear Factor. Yeah. I used to like that show. That was a good show. I could never have done that show, though, because of the stuff you eat. Yeah, there was some gross stuff. That's where I just, I was like, I can do all that stuff, but I can't eat that, I can't eat gross things. You could have done everything else, though? Well, I mean, to a certain degree, sure. Not I. But, um, yeah, there's no way I could eat eat those nasty things. Yeah. You'd probably have an easier time with that than me. Um, I don't know, man. I think that would be pretty disgusting. On top of that, though, like doing things like sticking my hand in something or having like a, a box full of like spiders put over my head or scorpions or whatever. I could do that. Uh, no, I would not. I'd be like, to, to, for what? To be on TV? <laughs> well, exactly. It's all right. Being on TV isn't so great, everybody. No, it's not all it's cracked <laughs> up to be. It's certainly not where the box of scorpions on your head. Speaking of scorpions. Mm hmm there are 30 different types, more than 30 different types of scorpions, and just Arizona. So uh, 
And they're all over the place. We, you know, they're in Georgia. Yeah. And in the mountains and the woods of Georgia. Yeah. Very few of them are poisonous. No, not very many at all. I think a couple of them can actually kill a person with their venom um, by stinging you with that tail. They'll still hurt you, though. Just don't go near the scorpions. Yeah. I mean, you can get sick from any of these things. Like a black widow is probably not going to kill you either. No, but if you're already like in danger of something like right. heat stroke, exactly, a, a black widow bite is not going to help. No. And it's going to be exacerbated tremendously. No, uh, but if you do get stung or bitten by something like that, and if you don't have that cool compress mm-hmm. in your crotch, use that cool compress around the biter's sting. Yeah. Don't Ele- s- elevate it. Yeah. That's a big one. Sure. You also want to put it kind of a loose tourniquet around it. You want to be able to fit one finger in the tourniquet. So tight-ish, I guess, is the way to put it. Yeah. And again, get in the shade, wash it off with some soap and water if you have it, mm-hmm. and then just dump that water all over the ground. <laughs> <laughs> this is used up. Uh, and then we have snakes. <laughs> Rattlesnakes and coral snakes are going to be your biggest danger. Okay. And remember, coral snakes are red, yellow, and black. And there's a very helpful saying, red touches yellow, it can harm a fellow. Mm-hmm. Red touches black, make it a snack. <laughs> <laughs> no, red touches black, it's okay for Jack. And this raises my second favorite sentence. Oh, I know. Just remember, <laughs> you're Jack in this scenario. <laughs> it's okay for Jack. No typo nail. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, I think we sound drunk. Right? <laughs> We're not. Um, I finally, did have a kombucha earlier. <laughs> there are uh, lizards, um, specifically the, uh, do you say Gila monster or Gila monster? I think it's Gila. I think, I think it think is the too. the British say Gila and they're wrong. Oh, right. Yeah. They say aluminum. Yeah. Um, so the Gila monster and the Mexican beaded lizard um, the beaded is only in Mexico and Guatemala, mm-hmm. but uh, you can find those gilas in the in the U- U.S. of A. Those are big daddies, though. Yeah, they get up to like two feet, I think. And this is actually my favorite sentence. <laughs> uh, so I'm talking here about the Mexican beaded white to yellow spots and stripes mm-hmm. on their raised scales. It's about a foot long. I describe the gila monster, and they say, however, if you see a two foot long lizard coming in your direction. Maybe you should just walk the other way. It's <laughs> sound advice. <laughs> I thought you were joking when you picked this article. <laughs> no, I, I think it's a good article. I don't understand why you're being so hard on yourself. All right. This last part is legitimately interesting, I think. The fact that the podcast is contained in here. Like the, the uncontended oh, fact of the podcast. Sure. Go ahead. No, no. That's your fact. That's not my fact. Yes, it is. All right. Two big other dangers, uh, two other big dangers are sandstorms and flash floods. Mm-hmm. Uh, sandstorms can be very fast uh, or they can last for a long time. Uh, they can last weeks in the Middle East. Right. But if you're driving, you don't want to drive through a sandstorm. So pull over and like put on your hazards, roll up your windows. Yeah. Why did you say turn off your headlights? Do you remember that? I get why you put on your hazards, but why turn off your headlights? Is it because you don't want to wear your battery out maybe? I think so. Okay. Yeah. That would be my guess. Because I didn't know if maybe that created a electrical conductivity <laughs> or something and, and led to lightning maybe. I, I, I don't know. Uh, if you're hiking around and there's a sandstorm, then try and tie something mm-hmm. or pull your shirt up over your face. Mm-hmm. Put on those sunnies. Um, they say if you have spare water, uh, wet the cloth before you put it over your face. Yeah. And then I, I want, I'm granting you the fact of the podcast. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about flash flooding. 
flash floods uh, because the desert does not absorb water very easily um, because it's basically bedrock and water doesn't go into bedrock easy. Um, like if it rains, it rains hard and it mm-hmm. rains fast and a substantial amount comes down and it collects very quickly because it has nowhere to go and can create what are known as flash floods. Mm-hmm. Because of this, more people drown in the desert than die of thirst. That's what they say. That is an amazing fact. That's one of the most amazing facts I've ever heard in my life. It really is. Um, and then what was the James Franco movie, The True Story, where like he was— Like 127 Hours? Yeah. Like there was a flash flood in that, right? Mm, I don't remember. I think so. I feel like he was—it rained and he was a... like, oh, thank God it's raining. And then the water just started rising really fast around yeah, yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Because he was in a gully. But if like don't camp out overnight in a dry creek bed. No. Because— it is no joke. It can it can happen really fast. Mm-hmm. And I was driving through New Mexico once on my big out west trip post college, and my friend and I drove through th- the most hellacious storm I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and we literally saw water running, flowing uphill. Wow! And I was like, is, "Am I seeing things?" <laughs> and he was like, "No, dude." He's like, "That is definitely uphill." <laughs> and water was flowing uphill. Some how? Yeah. I guess it was just so much of it. But we drove through it until we saw um, in front of us uh, telephone poles like down in the on the highway, uh-huh. and, like all in front of us. And we were like, I think we should probably pull over at this point. Right. And we waited out. But they're usually pretty quick. It's not like it does this for like days like it does in Atlanta. No. It was like, a, like 30 minutes of rain. Right. But but it can be inches and inches of, oh, of yeah. water. And again, like, Amazing like how fast. six inches can pick up a car and carry it away. It can certainly pick you up off of your feet. Yeah. And there's plenty of, of stories about people being drowned in canyons in Petra, Jordan, the mm-hmm. very famous uh, archaeological site. People like every 10, 12 years, like a, a couple dozen people will suddenly drown in a flash flood because they were wow. totally unprepared and in the wrong place when the, it just the sky just opened up on them. Crazy. So it definitely does happen for sure. Yeah, the good the plus thing about the desert with thunderstorms is uh, you see it coming from a long way away. Like it's they happen fast, mm-hmm. but it's just so wide open out there. Right. Like we, I remember driving for like an hour and a half toward this storm. Yeah. And I was like, man, that looks pretty bad up there. Yeah. And the closer we got, then it was just like you know, hell had been unleashed on us. Right. So what did you do? Did you like drive to higher ground or? No, just... we, we just kind of just pulled off to the side of the road and waited like half an hour. Yeah. Then it lightened up. Yeah. But yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, it was pretty scary. Yeah. I mean, not being in a car, but just seeing how like the de- it went from sand to feeling like we were in a river in yeah. like 20 minutes. That's crazy. Yeah. Glad you made it, Chuck. Yeah, I'm all right. You survived to write this article. That's right. Which was a good article. Um, if you want to see this article yourself in person, go to HowStuffWorks.com and type in Desert Survival uh, by one Chuck Bryant, and you will agree with me it's a good article. And since I said that, it's time for listener mail. Uh, hey, guys. Listen to Central Park episode and really enjoyed it. Uh, the content was spot on as always, but Josh made a comment about the podcast being too conversational. Uh, I think this is a really <laughs> appropriate listener yeah, mail, Chuck. How funny is that? Um, I think the conversational aspect is one of the most special things about it, guys. The banter between you two makes me pause for thought and oftentimes laugh. Uh, as an educational podcast, I think having dialogue and debate about these subjects is important. In my own household, stuff you should know is very important part of our lives. Um, I introduced it to my boyfriend almost three years ago and has taken a special place in our relationship. Uh, for two years, we were long distance, uh, myself in Canada and him in Sweden. Wow. 
uh, and we would download episodes when traveling. It always gives us something to talk about and keep the conversation going, makes us laugh together, and we even sing the jingles. Uh, my favorite is the opera version, much to his dismay. Uh, my favorite episode is the golden age of grave, rob- uh, grave robbing, which makes me laugh so much that uh, I had to put it on that I still like to put it on when I'm having a bad day. That was great. I loved hearing that. That was the live one, right? Mm-hmm, from London. That's right. Uh, I once joked that I would sell my dog, uh, my first dog, for a ticket to one of your live shows. You don't have to do that. You can exchange money instead. <laughs> That's right. Uh, or, Stacy, if we're coming to a town near you, uh, give us a, an email. Yeah. I'll put you on the old list. Just threaten to sell your dog and we'll, <laughs> we'll get you in for free. That's all it takes. Uh, guys, thanks so much for giving us a jumping off point. For more conversation and debate, please give a shout out to my boyfriend, Jeff. Wow. Um, sorry, mm. Jeff, that I got on listener mail before you. Yeah. Take that, Jeff. Yeah. That is uh, Stacy Coombs. The only way that that could get any more um, appropriate is if this episode comes out and Jeff is lost in the desert. I hope that didn't happen. I hope so, too, but, I mean, that, that would really round out this episode, don't you think? Yeah, but, uh, Jeff, if you're out there, look for an RV, and <laughs> Ben Sinclair might be inside. He'll probably give you some weed. <laughs> uh, thank you, Jeff and Stacy and Stacy's unnamed dog, who is not for sale. If you want to get in touch with us, you can go to our website, stuffyoushouldknow.com, and check out all of our social links there. And uh, you can also send us an email to stuffpodcast.howstuffworks.com. and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com.